Post-socialist mortality crisis proves that deindustrialization kills. The ruling classes stir up populism among deindustrialized populations in order to persuade workers to pin the blame for their hardship onto other workers. A recent article in the Cambridge Journal of Economics entitled Deindustrialization and the Post-Socialist Mortality Crisis once again draws attention to the catastrophic effect on the working class people of the countries of the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe of the overthrow of communism. The word katastroika has been coined to describe this disaster. It is estimated that it caused upwards of 700,000 premature deaths during the 1990s. The authors point out, quote, male life expectancy in Russia declined by seven years between 1988 and 1995. After the end of the Second World War, with the delayed consequences of wartime malnutrition and injuries, the mortality rate was only 9 to 10 per 1,000, compared with 14 to 16 in 1994. Hungary also suffered a significant, though less dramatic, mortality crisis. Male life expectancy in Hungary declined by 1.5 years between 1988 and 1994, and death rates reached levels last observed during the Great Depression of the 1930s, that is 14.5 per 1,000 in 1993. End quote. What the article sets out to consider is what exactly was it that had such a dire effect on people's health, and it concludes that the major course was deindustrialization. It debunks the theory of the apologists for Katastroika that Russians died because Russians drink too heavily, which is obviously absurd because Russians drank heavily before Katastroika, as well as afterwards, so drinking of itself cannot have made such a huge difference. What are the effects of deindustrialization? The authors point out, quote, Deindustrialization entails a loss of a complex set of socioeconomic linkages that are very difficult to re-establish. As capital escapes from deindustrialized areas, local infrastructures collapse, with the loss of services such as health, education, family support or transport that were either provided directly by the large plants or by the local authorities that they helped fund. This creates a downward spiral of social and economic disintegration, leading to a regional lock-in of rust belts. Deindustrialization could lead to a cascade of social problems, such as increasing income inequalities, as it creates winners and losers, growth of precarious jobs and in-work poverty, or the erosion of communities and communal identities, which in turn could lead to ill health. The growth of service sector jobs is no substitute for the lost industrial capacity, as most skills acquired in manufacturing travel very poorly to service occupations. The ill health is well documented to be related to the stress placed on workers as a result of their reduced living standards and social isolation, etc. Quote, the collapse of the industry as an institution engenders social disintegration, leading to ruptures in economic production and social reproduction. These ruptures entail job and income loss, increased exploitation, social inequality, 
and the disruption of services previously provided by industrial companies. These ruptures in economic production affect social reproduction, leading to adverse outcomes such as material deprivation, job strain, fatalism, increased domestic workload, anomie, community disintegration, and alienation, end quote. The result is, quote, it has been found that stressful situations cause a higher secretion of cortisol, endorphins, platelets, fibrinogens, fibrinolysis, and other substances. These affect the level of plasma lipids, blood coagulability, blood pressure, cardiovascular reactivity, central obesity, responses to inflammation or infection, depression, coronary artery atherogenesis, and a weakening of the immune system, that is, changes affecting cardiovascular mortality. Psychosocial stress has been shown to indirectly affect health via the increased use of stress relievers, such as alcohol, tobacco and drugs, which influence health and social behaviours, and the ability to maintain emotional balance. Through this stress mechanism, deindustrialization can lead to worse self-reported health, lower life expectancy, and elevated drug and alcohol-related deaths, especially when accompanied with a mix of neoliberal policies, as the extant literature on Western Europe and the USA has established. End quote. The authors go on to point out that, quote, Deindustrialization in post-socialist Europe was a particularly painful social process. Socialist industry played a crucial role in workers' lives, providing stable lifetime jobs and a comparatively high salary. Industrial workers enjoyed high social status as the backbone of state socialist societies. Companies also provided many free services, including healthcare, housing, holiday homes, sports and cultural facilities. Russian enterprises spent around 3-5% to of GDP on social provision, while East European firms spent about half this amount, which is still very important for the beneficiaries. Industrial employment also contributed to social integration, vibrant work and neighbourhood communities. End quote. Of course, in capitalist terms, spending so much money on workers' well-being is highly inefficient, when that money should have been spent on improving the means of production in order to be able to produce with fewer workers and make a lot more profit. Obvious, spoiling workers was making Russian industry uncompetitive, so this absurd system had to go. The authors express concern that workers plunged into misery by deindustrialization are prone to seduction by right-wing populism, and they warn that the experience of Russia and Eastern Europe is also relevant to imperialist countries that deindustrialize to export capital to places offering higher profits. Quote, Workers' physical and mental suffering in left-behind areas is a critical correlate of anti-liberal populist attitudes. Therefore, the insights from analysing the Deindustrialization Mortality Association go beyond public health. End quote. Of course, the UK, Europe and United States are all stained with rust belts of disaffected workers whose health and longevity are also adversely affected by the loss of their industries and communities. 
Of course, the disaffected workers are assisted in taking a populist direction by the propaganda issued by and on behalf of the bourgeois billionaires, who have robbed them of their well-being, to the effect that it is other workers, especially immigrants or people of, other, of different ethnicity, language or religion, who are the cause of their problems. Nevertheless, the social unrest that can be stirred up by populists can interfere with the process of peaceful profiteering and is generally not welcomed by the bourgeoisie, although it is prepared to accept the risk, bearing in mind that the alternative could be socialist revolution that would deprive its denizens of their ill-gotten gains. Thanks for listening to Proletarian Radio. We aim to bring you the best Marxist analysis on current affairs, revolutionary history, and theory. Do like, comment, subscribe, and share our content to help us reach the widest possible audience. We are a small organization with limited resources, and we need workers' support if we are to grow and fulfill our mission. If you are able to make a one-off or regular donation, no matter how small, please visit our website at thecommunists.org and register as a supporter.